Hey, what's up everyone? It is Pastor Marcus here from the storychurchproject.com. Welcome to the Story Church Project podcast where our focus is how to redesign the local Adventist church to tell its story loud to a culture that is no longer listening. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear and that it inspires you to make a difference in your local church today. Happy New Week, everyone. Welcome back to the Story Church Project. I, uh, I'm speaking a bit quietly today because uh, I've got someone in the house still sleeping. So I'm not going to be my usual loud self. Um, but I want to welcome you guys back anyhow. Welcome back to the Story Church Project podcast. I've been off for, I think, a couple of weeks now. And I didn't record an episode last week. But I did publish a blog on why things have been moving um, slowly at the Story Church Project over the last couple of weeks. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to read that blog, you can head over to the storychurchproject.com and it's called Why I Do What I Do. Um, and I didn't record an episode for that one because I just didn't have the time or energy. But it is available as a, um, as a blog and you can read it. I talk about my, uh, my brother's death in the last two weeks. Um, and this is the reason why there wasn't any new content on the Story Church project for some time because uh, I did lose a brother a couple of weeks ago and uh, you know just spent the week talking to the family. I wasn't able to go back home uh, but spent the week talking to the family and sharing with them and um, you know just focusing on that. I, I wasn't really in the headspace to to get a new blog and podcast and stuff going so. Uh, but I'm back in the swing of things now. I've got a new blog that's been published this week that I'm going to share with you guys here in podcast version. And then next week, I've actually got an interview on, um, you guys definitely want to check it out. It's uh, with Professor Nicholas Miller from Andrews University, where we talk about Adventism and politics, like what should the balance be? Uh, should we be involved in politics at all? Should we be as far away from it as possible? Um, how does the local church fit into that? So uh, that's going to be a interview that gets released next week. So make sure you keep your eyes open for that. But for today, I want to share with you guys uh, an article or the thoughts behind an article uh, that I've just published titled, How to Keep Your Fire When Your Church is Frozen. Now, here's the thing. I, I talk to people all the time who are, are seriously fed up with the state of their local church. Uh, I talk about this, you know, people in, in this headspace offline and online and very often i run into them all the time and and they're fed up you know they're fed up because they preach and they teach and they admonish and they rebuke and they try to inspire their members in their church with zero results and it looks like no matter how hard they work the church simply will not change uh and and even if they manage to like get a few things going it always the church always slides back into its old habits it's, it's almost like transforming our church culture is like dragging a giant boulder up a soggy muddy cliff and and what happens over time is that cynicism starts to set in and they keep attending church but they've kind of lost faith in the people uh, and from time to time they run into someone who feels like they do but for the most part they feel alone now, 
the challenge with this is that over time, these people lose the capacity to say anything positive about the church. Everything is bad. Everything sucks. There's nothing redemptive. So their fire hasn't necessarily gone out, but it's it starts burning in the opposite direction, I guess, or, or for the wrong reasons. And so what was once a flame that was ignited for mission and love for the culture, it's, it's now like this raging inferno that burns with both anger on one hand and disenchantment on the other. And if they have anything positive to say, it's usually really minimal compared to the long list of church fails that they've compiled. And I know these people because I meet them all the time and I also know them because from time to time, I'm one of them. Now, I'm human and despite my faith in God, I have to admit, guys, sometimes I lose hope in the vision of a vibrant, meaningful and world-transforming local church uh, within Adventism. Now, I know that local churches like that do exist, um, but I'm talking about sort of like I lose hope in the in, in the in the vision that this will be our new normal going forward. Um, I hear stories of toxic church after toxic church, um, pastors who are like uninterested in making a difference. And I kind of wonder, like, why are you a pastor? Um, church members vehemently opposed to anything remotely different. And, and then on top of that, you've got like all these fear mongering ministries that, you know, get your members into these like um, bad psychological states where they're just scared of everything. Um, and, and you end up in these pointless debates over nonsense. And, and, and it makes me wonder, you know, uh, and, and I'm being vulnerable here and, and opening up. Sometimes I wonder, are we simply too far gone to turn around? Um, it's not simply our structure that, that needs to change. After all, it's our culture. Structure is easy to change. Uh, and we have a hard time with that. But that's the easy part. It's it's the culture. That's the whole other monster, guys. And in and, and changing our culture from like fundamentalist argumentation to relational servanthood, that could take another two generations at the least. Uh, and so I've been in that headspace where I'm like, okay, so what am I supposed to do in the meantime? Now, some people I talk to just give up. You know, in, in their heads, the SDA institution. Now, I'm not talking about our belief systems in this blog or podcast at all. I'm talking about the institution, right? Um, some people will say to me, hey, look, the institution is simply incapable of generating missional churches. And, um, you know, it's just not going to happen. Um, so they walk away from the church altogether. And others kind of stick around, but they're not happy. You know, they, they attend church, but they don't really get too emotionally involved. And they sow seeds of discontent, you know, wherever they go. Um, and fewer still keep pushing against the grain, kind of pacing themselves so they don't get exhausted, but patiently waiting on God's timing to do what they believe can only be done by His Spirit, which is which is cool, you know. Now, it is a tough scenario, but in the midst of this, I found that the key to keeping your fire when your local church is frozen is to recognize that the state of the church is no surprise in the narrative of redemption. In fact, God revealed that our day would be marked by churches that think they're all that, but are miserable, miserable, sorry, poor, blind, and naked. So I want to read this passage to you guys from Revelation, and you're, most of you would be familiar with this, Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 to 18, a prophecy um, about about our church in you know toward the end of time and it says this to the angel of the church in Laodicea write these are the words of the amen the faithful and true witness the ruler of God's creation 
I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spew you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you don't realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich. And white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness. And salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Now, what do these verses say that can help us keep our fire despite the Laodicean state of the church? Here are five key points that I've found. Number one, they show us that the current state of many local churches as a program-centered, relationally lacking, culturally disconnected, tradition-obsessed, missionless club was foreseen by God over two millennia ago. In other words, our current experience is meant to be this way. It's been prophesied. So, before you get all bent out of shape and walk out, keep in mind, this is the way it's currently supposed to be. God is not in heaven surprised by our, by our lukewarmness. So, we shouldn't act surprised either. Number two, these verses show us that our current disgust with the state of the church is shared by God himself. He goes so far as to say that the Laodicean vibe makes him want to puke. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty strong. So if church ever makes you want to puke or like leave, run, hide, hit the snooze button, then you're not alone. In fact, it's the people who are comfortable with the church's condition today that should be worried. But if you're uncomfortable with it, you're probably feeling a tiny bit of how God feels. So you're in good company. Let that encourage you. Number three, these verses show us that we are not the solution. We're actually part of the problem. God's solution to the Laodicean church is not, I counsel you to listen to Pastor Marcus, subscribe to his podcast, and download his ebook. <laughs> Um, and his counsel is not pay attention to all those people sick of the way you do things and let them redesign your church. And for good reason. You and I are not the solution. This means that despite all of our good intentions, we remain part of the problem. So before you run off thinking you're better off without this messed up church, stop and remember you're pretty messed up too. And let that humble you and balance you in your journey. Now, this is a big one for me because my main focus is speaking truth to Adventist tradition with the goal of a redesigned Adventist local church. But I have to remember that the solution remains Jesus. It's not church strategies, methodologies, or structures. And realizing that I'm part of the problem also helps me to avoid cynicism and enables me to look at our broken church with enthusiasm, noticing the good things that are happening, not just the bad. Now, among those good things, I have to admit, is a generation of passionate young people rising up and a generation of older leaders empowering and inspiring those young ones. And I'm seeing it everywhere. And I want to recognize that and celebrate that as often as I can. Number four, they show us that Jesus is the only answer. He is the only one who can give us that gold 
the white garment and the eye salve that we need to be reborn in his image. And the result is spiritual wealth, health, and vision. Now imagine a church filled with spiritually wealthy, healthy, and visioning Christians. That would be awesome. But the answer is not the next trendy church growth book. It's Jesus. And number five, they show us that Laodicea is not the end. After the church of Laodicea, right, there's these seven churches. And after the church of Laodicea, that's it. You kind of don't get another church. And so the very next thing that we find in terms of a church in the book of Revelation is the remnant in Revelation chapter 12. And that remnant are a group of people passionate about Jesus and living for him alone in a world locked in an apocalyptic struggle over empire, there emerges this community of simple people who are all about Jesus, and they stand alone against the darkness. So Laodicea is actually not the end. It's just a chapter in the story, and we're in that chapter today, but don't be discouraged by it. Look to Jesus and remember, he has a final remnant of people who are so in love with him that they don't have time for anything other than lifting him up for the world to see. And that was the answer that I was looking for. This is what our focus should be in the meantime. So if you're frustrated with church, I want you to know I get it. I sometimes get super jaded as well, but the solution is Jesus and I take comfort in knowing that he has a remnant in the end. And so long as I keep lifting him up in the midst of Laodicea, he will use those efforts to gather his true lovers into a final community that will walk through the injustice of beasts and liars reflecting the beauty of God's heart of love in the midst of a generation that has lost the capacity to love. So focus on Jesus, guys. Lift up Jesus. Be comforted in Jesus and keep the vision of an Adventism redesigned alive in him. So those are some thoughts that I wanted to share on how to keep your fire when your church is frozen. I hope you've been blessed, guys. Remember next week, new podcast interview with Nick Miller. If you haven't subscribed to the newsletter at thestorychurchproject.com to get the free ebook, How to Study the Bible with Postmoderns, make sure you do that today and I'll catch you next week. Take care and God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's latest episode of the Story Church Project podcast. I hope you were blessed. If you haven't yet had a chance, I want to invite you to head over to thestorychurchproject.com and subscribe to the newsletter. Not only will you get the latest updates every week, but I'm also going to send you a free gift straight to your inbox. You don't want to miss it. I'll catch you on the next one.